Welcome to season four of the Jada Edwards podcast. As always, God is giving us his word to share personal stories and great conversations you are going to want to hear. I remember a time in the summer where I was, I had just gotten some really good news, some ministry stuff. I was about to start a new project and I was excited because you know how you waiting on that thing and then you're trying to be godly in case the Lord don't do it. You're like, Lord, it's okay. I know you're sovereign. But then when he does it, you're like, yes, you came through. Thank you, Lord. So I had just gotten some really good news and I remember I was about to call a friend to tell her about this news and she called me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was just about to call you. And she was like, hey. And I was like, oh, what, what just happened? And she had gotten some really terrible news and um, was really going through a period of loss in her life. And I remember the first several minutes of that conversation just feeling like, I don't know what to do right here. Because I, it took me a minute to come down off of what was on my mind. And I was like, there's not gonna be a point in this conversation (laughs) where I could tell her um, what I wanna share with her and I really need to be present. And I don't wanna just be like, oh, I'll pray for you, you know, the emoji, praying hands. And I was, I really wanted to hear what she was saying and I, and I, as she was talking, I remember this moment of being like, okay, God, there, there is got to be a way for me to be fully in this moment with her, you know, even though I'm, you've given me this amazing blessing today, how do I fully engage with her? And it really started to stir my thoughts about how often we're in this tension. We're in so many spaces in the workplace, some of you who have already sent in questions, in the workplace, in our parenting, in our friendships, in the daily highs and lows of our life, where we're trying to figure out how to navigate that space, love well, love God well, still be fully us. Um, Because the challenge is that the tension is different than opposition, which is what we talked about when we first launched our series. Opposition is two things set against each other and one is good and one is not, right? When it comes to the spiritual life. So you have um, sin and then you have righteousness. Those are in opposition. You have the flesh and you have the spirit. Paul says, if you set against the flesh, you're not gonna do the things of the spirit. Those things are in opposition. Um, But like our humanity, and the standards of holiness that God has called us to, those are not in opposition. Those are things we both have to be present in. And so some of the things that we talked about as we, as we launched this series, I'm just give a quick recap that really got us started. <clears throat> the first thing we talked about was in 2 Corinthians 4. Y'all remember that? We have this treasure in jars of clay. Uh, that the Christian tension there is we've got this a divine, eternal treasure, Paul says, the goodness of the gospel, and it's found in this fragile, this fragile vessel. And um, that really kind of sets the stage for all the other things that come up in scripture. And you really see it, it shows up in the life of Christ, who had to be fully man and fully God. Uh, it shows up in the endurance that Paul expects us to have. We're persecuted, right, but not forsaken. Like he, he knows we're gonna have these experiences, but also we endure. And so over and over again in scripture, we find ourselves really not in this easy place of picking one or the other. We're in the challenging place of having to be both, right? It's like for some of us, as you reach a season in life, some of us are are mothers and we're having to take on a different role as daughters because our our parents are getting older. Or or you might be, you know, a caretaker of a parent and then now you're a caretaker of a grandchild. Like, you can find yourself, excuse me, in places that feel like tension all of the time. And so I really wanted to take a few moments tonight to 
to drive some of those things home, to get some conversation and talk about what, what that has looked like in, the, in, the, in our lives practically. So I'm going to uh, just throw it out there with uh, Don and Tian and ask you big picture as you, walk, as you were in this series, because y'all were here for most of them, um, what were some of your big takeaways or what were your aha moments? Man, I would, I would have to say I knew that this series was going to be like it for me when you said in the very beginning that um, my affliction is not a measurement of my faith and the lack of affliction doesn't mean that you are more blessed. Mm. And when you said that, it hit home for me because um, I definitely grew up Kojic. So you, you already know how that goes, mm -hmm. but um, we were basically taught that if something isn't happening and it's not going well, then you're being punished. So anytime there was any type of affliction, I'm like, what did I do? Mm. Um, what, what, how is this coming back to me? So when you mm -hmm. broke down, that's not what this is. This is, Paul explains us, this is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. That's kind of when I had my aha moment. Mm -hmm. And it was very at the beginning and that set the tone for me. Yeah, I think that can be so life-changing if you realize that you know, as Paul says, there's a, there's a privilege to the suffering, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how we kind of get off track sometimes in our faith where we really forget that everyone that God chose and God favored and God honored suffered. Every single one. Yes. Every single one. I mean, starting with Moses, starting, I mean, you go through the whole thing, starting with Abraham, Moses, Noah, every single one, including his own son. And so it becomes, you have to work really hard to go through scripture and come to a conclusion that suffering equals punishment. That suffering is not often simultaneous with favor. Because we, we, taught, uh, we taught about the lesson of, of Matthew chapter four, which is right after Jesus is baptized. And the Lord is like, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And then the next moment, the spirit is leading him into a wilderness. And so you have to extract a majority of the life of Christ to think that suffering is something that you should be exempt from if you're walking in righteousness. Because the real conclusion is, that the more, in, the more you walk in righteousness, the more likely you're going to invite suffering into your life. It, it, it's, it's the reason why this world should always carry a sense of discomfort for us. And then, a lot, and then what happens is when you have that, you end up uh, spending a lot of your Christian life trying to figure out why God is mad at you or how to get out of the thing. And he's like, you're missing the assignment I have in the thing because you think this is a punishment. And so when we can see that this is a privilege, that doesn't mean that there's not consequences for our choices, but man, when God just allows life to happen, God, where, where do I honor you in this? What do you, what do you want out of my life in this? Everything is not a lesson to be finished so you can live it for somebody else. Cause we say it all the time. This is for somebody. It's for you. It's for you. It's for your faith. Right. It's so that you know that God is good even when he strips away things. Yes. It's so you know that God is faithful even when he doesn't do it your way. It's so that you know God is still in control even when the diagnosis doesn't result in healed. Yeah. Like God is still good. And it's not just about a lesson. It is about growing in the knowledge of who God is yeah. and who he is to us. And so I think that particular 
statement I have had many conversations with people about trying to wrestle with the idea that a good God who's pleased with me, who's favoring me, can still allow me to suffer. Right. That, that is a life-changing thing. That is, that's great. That's good. What about you, Don? Well, so I think my point is somewhat related to that because I think part of it, Jada, is I was challenged when you said, I shouldn't expect to be at home here any more than I would expect to be at, an, at home in the airport. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 But, but because there's been this whole idea, at least in my mind, of um, that whole kind of set apart and, and sit into, we kind of mm-hmm. talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I was in a place where I was like, I was getting way too comfortable. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't accept affliction as a good thing. Right. Right. No, cause that can't cause be the Lord. No, <laughs> it's supposed to be good. Just a good life. Right. 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 Like I'm yeah. looking in, and I think, um, so I think for me, it was really this idea of saying, no, 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 no. Um, it should be normal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when we think about, when we think about Christ and we think about some of the things that he did, whether, um, it's in the wilderness. Like I, that was, that was the part that just jacked me up when we were thinking about following his Gethsemane example. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, this dude was like on his way to the cross. Right. Asked his friends, can y'all just pray just a little bit? Right. And then, and they fell asleep. Yes. More than once. Right. More, <laughs> right. Like multiple right. times. Right. And so I think when I started thinking about that and I was like, man, he has this, this impending challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, am I even, like, I didn't even begin to think I, I'm not doing like Jesus in the wilderness. And God knows I wasn't doing like him in the Gethsemane. Cause you know, my friends fall asleep on me once. <laughs> They're not getting grace for the second and third time, right? right? Like You're not getting invited back. Right? No, right. right. Like, yeah. um, and I think that was the thing that began to challenge me. It was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. accept the fact that you're not at home mm-hmm. and that yeah. this, that suffering should be normal. Yeah. And I'm like, as much as, as uncomfortable as it is, and I'm like, and that, I was like, what? And, and nobody, when I was growing up in church, um, we won't even dwell on it, but, but similar backgrounds. Y'all. Don't. <laughs> similar backgrounds. Okay, wait a minute. How many of y'all raised Koji? We need to dwell. Somebody said we need to dwell on that. A few of y'all raised. Yeah. Well, not even just Koji. It's, it's not a bash at that. But if you are from a denomination that taught a very rules-driven exactly. kind of approach. Yes. And that's not limited to Koji. So this is not bad thing that God uses all of our background for, for his, for his, for his yeah. glory. But I just have to say this because this is what happens when you have your friends up. Y'all don't. <laughs> she was legit. Like, she had to ride a bike in a skirt. They, could, they couldn't wear no shorts. Well, I mean, no, the no, church no. skirt. Hold on, hold on. And the denim skirts are back, by the way. But It was a, it was a skirt with a kick pleat. Because you need to be able to. So you can move, so you can you pedal. That's right, right, right pedal. Right. You can, and go straight to service. Exactly. You can go straight to service in that skirt. Right. And We've already was, talked about them church skirts. Right. So if you were here, then you were here. If you're not, then ask your friend. But um, <laughs> we, we get stuck on some stuff. We do. That you're just like, this is what makes a good life, right? Yes. If I do these things and right. don't say these I'm things and don't go these places. And highly favored. Mm-hmm. And still suffering. That's the part which, that they which here, But here's the kicker, y'all. You are blessed and highly favored. Yes. But the way you define blessing and favor mm-hmm. is what will get you. Yes. yes. Because if you, you can say I'm blessed and highly favored, 
But man, you better know what blessing is. Yes. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. Blessed are those that give mercy that shall obtain mercy. Yes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. The, you know what blessing is because nowhere in scripture is it equated to prosperity Mm-mm. or ease mm-hmm. no. or, or material abundance. And know what favor is. Favor is when the Lord says, yes, I will continue to use you. I'll continue to send you. I'm going to put you in difficult situations because I know you can represent me well. That is favor. That's what the, listen, if you have a, if you have a favorite child, don't say it out loud. Just talk to the (laughs) Lord about it. Favorite, uh, favorite niece, favorite nephew, favorite godchild, favorite whatever. They are not the ones you keep hidden. The favorite child is the one you put out in every city. Mm. Oh, he can do it. Child can't even sing. He can do it. I, I know he can. It's somewhere in him, you know. She can't play drums, but just let her try. Let her try. Like, when you have a favorite child, you put them in situations that sometimes make them uncomfortable. Yes. You know what? The favorite child will tell you, those that grew up as the favorite child, they weren't always good. Mm-mm. You got a lot of attention. You were expected to be the best. You were expected to always come through, be the responsible one. That's what favor is. So, so when it comes to God favoring us it's because he said I'm expecting great things from you yeah. I have a high standard for you I'm putting you out there in situations that you might not be qualified for but I know you can do it in my power yeah. favor is not comfort and ease and being hidden favor is being put out on platforms mm-hmm. that you really have no business being on yeah. but he gives you the ability to depend on him yeah. so you can say I'm blessed and highly favored but you better know what blessing and favor really is. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to walk around mad at God. Right. And he's going to say, I already told you who I was. I don't yes. know who told you something different. So we are blessed and highly favored, well, but that's the change. It's yes. the definition of it. And I think what that also means we have to hold loosely the outcome. Like when we yeah. think about Stephen's life, that dude yes. was blessed and highly favored and died. Right. And we right. waiting on God to raise him from the dead. He exactly. like, no, that's like, it. No, he was, it was a wrap, yeah. right? And I think that's the piece though. We would, we hold on to the outcome. I'm blessed right. and highly favored. So it must look this way. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I have right. to hold loose the outcome and walk in obedience. And if that yeah. means what it means, it means yeah. I still trust you. And I'm yeah. for the opportunity. Yeah. Listen, that's good. Listen, it'll, it'll mess you up y'all. It really will. Um, when I think about what that, how that has altered just really what is true about the gospel. I mean, you can't, it is, it is almost impossible to pursue righteousness and holiness the way God has asked us to when we're looking for these constant pats on the back and we need this constant affirmation. Like one time God said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. That's it. He didn't say when he had a hard day, like, don't forget I'm pleased with you. Right. On the cross, don't On the cross, Jesus felt so distant from God because of the sin he was bearing. He asked why he had forsaken him. The weight of the assignment can make it feel like God has left you, even though you know he's pleased with you. Like, the reality of it is, he says, you need to trust my word. I don't change. So I might not repeat myself over and over again, but I told you this is where to go. You know what I'm saying? That's like my husband. He's like, listen, I told you I love you. Valentine's 2018. Why? Why? I don't know if y'all got husbands like that or or maybe y'all are the ones that say I love you like every three or four years. You know those people. They're like, I don't have to keep saying it. I don't have to keep saying it. You already know how I feel. I'm here. We we, we in this forever. (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't get all of that. Everybody's not driven like I need. I'm gonna affirm you every two minutes. No, but I feel like that is how God is with us sometimes. He said, "Here's the thing. Here's the assignment. I'm blessing it. He's gonna show you providence and start to open doors along the way." But man, you're not gonna get a, a cloud parting and an affirmation message every single time you do the right thing. Mm-mm. You don't get paid for A's. A's are expected. Okay, you, you, you don't get rewarded for what you're supposed to be doing. That's in heaven. Right. Here, you just get to see that what the favor of God looks like and that it can take on different forms in our lives at different times. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's just such a good point, knowing what favor and blessing is. Yeah. Okay, Tian, give me another one. What's another one you had with all them notes you take? I'm a part of... Well, <laughs> <laughs> she takes amazing <laughs> notes, y'all. I do take a lot of notes, y'all. They're a little bit raggedy, too. But, I read your notes. When you post them on Instagram, I'll read them. I'm like, ooh, that was a good point. Did I say that? Yeah, I can. I screenshot them. And then I'm like, oh, that's a, that was a good takeaway. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that you said throughout this series that stuck with me, um, it basically put me in my place. And it was like, you know, a part of the, the reason why my nerves be so shy, it's my fault. Because you said... Sometimes we create this expectation of what our life is supposed to look like. And then when God don't line up with what we expect, we get mad at him. Mm. And I was like, wait, that's true. (laughs) So, you know, throughout the whole series, there was a lot of self-reflection for me. And I left here like, Jada had her foot on our neck tonight. (laughs) It was just like Holy Spirit had us in here hemmed up. Because a lot of the Christian, uh, Christian tension that I feel sometimes is self-inflicted mm-hmm. or it's avoidable or I know the word, I should know better. But even in those moments, one time you said that sometimes the will is in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, and I've been trying to run from it. Yeah. So, I mean, my prayers are contradicting what I really want, what I desire. And God mm-hmm. is just like, girl, would you please make up your mind? Right. So there was just so many different things that they caused me to Mm self-evaluate. And like you said, it's always for you first before it's for other people. Um, And I just walked away full every single time. Yeah, that wilderness point, I think, was something that hit me, especially because a lot of times you'll see topics in Scripture uh, brought up multiple times and they kind of have a nuance every single time if you're thinking about the children of Israel well yes the Lord led them in the wilderness but they were they were I mean it was a mess Pharaoh was a mess he was saving the people delivering the people but they were not obedient so they stayed there longer than they should and so sometimes you get stuck on that one idea of wilderness and then you forget that Matthew 4 Mm -hmm. the wilderness that Jesus was led into he passed his test and he was out he wasn't in there 40 years he was in there 40 days right so if you study study what numbers mean in scripture yes there's a there is a a a correlation but look at what obedience in the wilderness can look like God is like you might still go through it but it don't have to be two generations you know you can go through this and go and and go to your next assignment Mm -hmm. and so I think we forget that we kind of get stuck in in trying to avoid something and it could be I really believe this many times our we don't realize that God is answering our prayer because he's answering it in a place that we didn't expect it we want him to answer the prayer but in the environment that we want And so he says, but what if the answer is in the place you don't want to go? Yes. And, and you're so, we're so worried about avoiding the place we don't ever see the fruition of the prayer. Yes. Because it's not going to always be in the safe place. If you're like, if you ever mess around and say, God, I want to be closer to you. Uh-oh. See, somebody in here already know. Uh-oh. Don't do it. 
don't do it. <laughs> Lord, I want more intimacy. Or, you know, I just want to, I mean, I've had those moments, you know, where nothing but, nothing but the Holy Spirit takes over. And you're like, Lord, I just, I need to know you more in this way. And you're like, okay, then. You sure? You sure? <laughs> it's not, not going to be at the mall. Like, we, that's not where we're getting to know each other. And so then he, and then life happens. Mm -hmm. And then you look back, you would have never picked that situation. But then when someone asks you, when did you feel closest to the Lord? You're going to talk about that valley that you didn't want. Yes. You're going to talk about that low place that you would have rather avoided. And, and the, the hope is that as our faith grows, as we grow from faith to faith, that we look back and say, I wouldn't have chosen that sickness, that illness, that disappointment, that betrayal, that valley. I would not have chosen it. But what I learned about God, Mom. I don't know how else I could have gotten it. And now that I look back, even though I might not have chosen that path, I would not trade what me and God did together yes, for anything. Yes. And so if you, if you are consumed with not experiencing that, you won't experience God. Yeah. That's just, this is the bottom line, you know? And so I think that that's something that I think is a constant wrestle. It's a constant wrestle uh, for us. Okay, Don, give me another one. That is um, really good. I had, don't let my humanity cause me to question his authority. Ooh. Yeah. And so. Talk about it. Listen, that, that from, again, um, love the way that I was raised, but honoring God as, you know, his authority was something that was normal. Mm -hmm. But when I really started to think, but I, okay, so actually, let me be transparent for half a minute and then I'm going to come back. <laughs> so, so when I came, when I moved to Texas 17 years ago, I had, um, anybody play spades? Can, can I, spades? Come on, y'all. All right, thank you. It's a safe place. I mean, okay. the more serious question is who cannot play spades? Right, I don't need, but just. Ooh. Okay, we need to add that to women's yeah. breakout. Next conference, <laughs> next conference, Anissa, uh, breakout session. Right. We want to set people. you up for success yes. in, your, in your family gathering, so we're going to have a breakout right. session. Right. Spades, nerds, well, I mean, what else, need dominoes, things that, <laughs> For the culture. For the yeah. culture. Okay, so we just, we need you. Because when, when people over the age of 17 come up in there talking about, I can learn. You take that up with your mother. Right. <laughs> your grandfather. Somebody failed right. you. So that's all right. We got you. We're going to have a fun, a fun breakout. Help people uh, get, the, get them ready. Just right. acclimate them. Well, so part of what I'm going to do is give context. So in spades and other card games, you bid. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you, you, you guess at the number of books you think you're going to get. And so uh, when you're searching and you're working with your partner, you say, I'm going to get this and a possible. Yes, come on. Right? She's going you? somewhere. Okay. So when I came here to Texas, I had one and a possible friend. <laughs> Not a possible friend. One and a possible friend. Listen, one and a possible. Not a good two, right. just one and Depending a possible. Depending on how everything Listen, fall out, right? Hey, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you don't know about you that. You don't possible. know. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, but but with us and this idea of kind of doing life in community, I have been really deliberate about saying, let me let me build and do life, right? And so I look at my life now and I think about my friends and this is kind of where I'm going. I work really hard to love my friends well. Mm -hmm. Like do. I give thought, how mm -hmm. can I love my friends well? And sometimes, you know, I, I'm like, okay, let me think about how I love them this year. Mm -hmm. I want to love them better next year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. She so, does, for real. Right, and so here, here's the thing that's crazy, y'all. 
when you, when you challenged me on this idea of don't let my humanity cause me to question his authority, I was like, okay, I'm gonna respect your authority, but I, and this idea of God being both, you know, having fear of God and friend of God, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, but how am I loving him well? Mm -hmm. How can I love the people he created yeah. Yeah. well and not love him well? Yeah. And so then I was yeah, like, I wanna say you, you, you know, I'm a friend of God, mm. but is he really? Right. Yeah. And that for me was the challenge, mm -hmm. right? Was really to say, I understand your authority. I embrace your authority, yeah. but I am not embracing your friendship. I'm not spending time with you. Mm -hmm. I am not letting you in on the things of my heart. Like I am mm -hmm. sad yeah. and I'm not just coming to you. When you talk to your friends, I was like, I don't need pretense. I just yeah. be like, no, I am, I'm not fit. Today is a rough day. Right. 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 And I think there is that for me, the challenge was realizing that I can embrace your authority, but I do you a disservice when I don't embrace the fact that you're a friend mm -hmm. to me, and yeah. I choose not to love him well. Yeah. So, Ooh, that's good. Good gracious, that's good. That's a whole. That's a word right there. I'm gonna steal that space illustration. Yeah. So, <laughs> one in a pocket. When I say it, y'all be like, "Ooh, that was good." Act like you never heard it. Um, <laughs> no, that that fear of God and friend of God thing. Oh my gosh, that is one of those things that we tend to lean really hard one way or the other. Because you may have grown up scared to death of God. Like, don't do this. I had an auntie. She'd be like, "Don't be in the club when Jesus come back." I'm like, Ooh, the rapture ain't hitting. Y'all did y'all have people like that? Any, any church girls in the house? I'm like, the rapture not coming to the club. Wait a minute. It's like, wait a minute now. I'm saying I had a rough night, but if Jesus come, I'm not trying to miss it because I had a rough night. And then you were just scared. You were just scared to death. Like, oh my God, I'm just going to go to the grocery store and go home. And it's now, it probably was somewhere I should not have been, but I don't, but you don't want to, you don't want to choose the right thing for a wrong reason. It, God, mm -hmm. listen, y'all, the, the highest motivation for righteousness is love that's the highest motivation in the scripture god only resorts to fear and punishment when love doesn't work mm. he said i loved you i am the lord your god he starts off the 10 commandments yes. yep. with love yeah. before he tells them what to do he tells them who he is to them i am the lord your god i delivered you out of egypt remember this i'm your father remember this now have no other gods before now he goes into his commandments everything so when jesus says if you're my friend if you keep my commandment he ties it to greater love has no man than this right because love is supposed to be the motivator your kids your children your grandchildren will retain you know they have retained your values when they obey without fear of punishment oh, that's good. they obey because it's the right thing to do they love you mm -hmm. you've shown them how to love god and that's why they obey yeah. not because they looking to get avoid a hit or avoid punishment or avoid, yes it's going to be discipline there's going to be punishment but that cannot be the primary motivation you know why because as you get older you're going to learn how to avoid punishment yes. you're just going to get smarter with your sin you're going to learn how to avoid discipline, not from God, but you'll, you'll learn how to avoid it from people. Mm -hmm. on. So you better have a love motivation. And so um, when you when you have anything other than that, then the fear of God gets twisted. It's not an awe or a reverence. Right. It's a it's a literal. I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble right, right. and everything happening in my life. That's not good is God is mad at me or I'm in trouble. And so that that one is a is a hard one, too, because sometimes we lean toward that. We're scared of God or we're too casual with God. Um, 
Um, and then we're not honoring him as Lord. Like, what is it that you have to say? I um, talked about something the other day on social media, and I said, masking conflict is not the same as making peace. Y'all, I got more messages. The people going through with the conflict. People were like, I said what I feel and I just hope the Lord work it out. I was like, wait, wait Period. a minute. Or, <laughs> or they're like, I don't fool with it because people don't know how to receive what I'm saying. Or, you know, like all of these different responses. But I put in there this idea of inviting Christ into it because if we don't invite him into those everyday mundane relational things, then we've got him on the sideline like a friend yes. and we're not seeing him as Lord. Yes. See my friend, Dawn is my friend. I'm not gonna invite her into every conflict I have with people. I may get her advice on a few things, but for the most part, I'm gonna deal with my conflict with her, whatever's between me and her. But if Dawn were a person of influence, like if she was my pastor or, or maybe someone I really, like this is the person that's guiding me spiritually, I would come to her for more, even the things that don't necessarily involve her. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yes. Because when you respect someone, when you honor someone's authority, you, you say, wait, what do you think about this situation? Right. When you got somebody's time, you got somebody's ear that you respect, you're throwing everything you can think of at them because you want their input. Yes. What happens when you only see God as friend, you end up treating him, you only talk to him about things you want him to do for you in your life and all these other things. You don't seek his opinion. You don't seek his values. You don't seek his standard. And then we wonder why stuff is going left. Right. And he says, you can't have either or. So right. if I'm going to be friend, first of all, you can't even have that if you're not following my commandments. Mm -hmm. This friendship is a privilege of followership. This yep. friendship yes. comes with followership. Yes. You don't skip over following and then just get to be my friend. We're yes. not homies. Yeah, that's right. If, if you grew up in my generation, your parents would be like, I'm not one of your mm -hmm. little friends. Right. Not now right. one of your little friends. Right. Not one. Not now, one. conscious parenting, we all trying to be gentle parents, some of us. <laughs> I'm still, now I will say, we can, we can be friends, but I'm not your peer. See, well, because the reason why our parents used to say that is because they didn't want us to treat them casually like we treated people our same age, right? It wasn't that they didn't want to be our friend. It's just that when you were younger, you could not understand the difference. And if you got too casual with me as a parent, you're not going to follow my authority. Right. And that's why Jesus says, you, you can't even handle my friendship. Us, us walking and talking and breaking bread together and me coming into all these small, mundane, what seems like trivial moments where we're just there communing and connecting because you're not following me. Yes. And so that tension is something that that we have to be very aware of because the truth is we tend to lean one way or the other and that can vacillate from day to day. Yeah. You're just looking at your life and you're like, let me just get my life right. For right. God, God gonna get me. Yeah. <laughs> let me just check the box. You know, let me have my quiet time, let me open my app, let me go to church. Um, and then you still miss out on like the whole relationship that you can have with God. And so that, that is definitely one that we have to work at. Okay, Don, give me one more. And then we're gonna do some questions because we got some good questions, y'all. Okay, um, I think the, the other one that really kind of challenged me <laughs> was the confused but not hopeless. Mm, oh, that was during the experience that, endurance as the second one. That's yeah. exactly mm -hmm. it. And so this idea of or perplexed but not in despair, if mm -hmm. you're going to pull out the King James right, version, uh, right? The holy version. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and I think, I think, Jada, the reason it challenged me, you and I have talked kind of offline, and so... 
uh, it's just this idea that one, I can acknowledge that some stuff just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. Some stuff just confuses me. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really have explanation for it. For me, it's been a hard year and, and there are some things that I, um, so I'm, I'm gonna let them in on a little bit. So part of this, it's been a hard year. And so we, we lost some family members. It's been like five and seven months, so it's dumb. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't make sense. And so I, there have been moments of confusion. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's been sweet to embrace, but not hopeless. Ooh. Yeah. Right, Listen. like I know I don't understand. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. Yes, I'm hurting. Yeah and I'm not hopeless. Mm -hmm. And so that tension for me and, and just the importance of being able to walk it out mm -hmm. and say, no, 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 I don't fully understand. And yes, right now I wanna cry um, and I still believe. Yeah, and God is still good. Ooh, that's, that's good, good Don. just it. That's good. Yeah. I, so that, what you said, I feel like there has been a lot of death. Just, yes. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what's happening because it's not just older people, it's just been, just been a lot of death, and part of it is the the world that we're living in. It's just it is the nature of sin, you know. It, it take not not sin of the individual, sin in humanity. Like we're not in this perfected um, this perfected kingdom that that God has for us soon, coming soon. But that heaviness, I think, is one of the things that can has stretched my faith because I'm like Job. I'm like okay, if you take three things. But leave me seven. I mean, God, I get it. You know, we gotta, sometimes we gotta be stripped away for your glory, for our growth. You still faithful. You tell your friends, girl, listen, I don't even need it. God knows what's best. I trust in him. And he take the fourth thing, you're like, okay, I get it. I get it, God. But then he takes like that eighth thing. You're like, now hold on, God. Now wait a minute. And, and then you start trying to make sense of it. And you are left confused because you're thinking, wait a minute. I'm actually living more for you this year than I was last year. Uh, I'm trying to be better in this area. I'm, I'm studying. I, I know you. I'm trying to apologize. I'm trying to be forgiven. I'm working on my healing and my pain. And I'm trying to honor you and I'm serving. And, and what's happening is you are trying to apply a human formula yes. mm -hmm. to a divine outcome, yes. to create a divine outcome. And it's not going to work. It will never add up. And that confusion is real. Yeah. And even when God doesn't take it away, it is the hope that gets us through. It is, it is saying that God did not bring clarity. God did not answer these questions. And I still have hope. Oh, Y'all, that's, that's why the Bible calls us a peculiar people. Because people look at you and say, why? Why do you still have hope? And you're like, because I hope in God, not in what is happening in my life. And that is really the gospel, that we hope in the person of God, in the person of Jesus, not in the outcomes in our lives. And so that confusion thing, but still having hope, especially if you, if it, for you, if you're a person where it needs to make sense, make yes. it make sense. Yes. I know y'all, some of y'all in here, y'all like, yeah. yes, it needs to make sense. Yes. Yeah. It needs to add up. And God is like, it won't, mm -mm. it won't. But it don't make sense when I do things for you and you didn't earn it. Right. Right. <laughs> that didn't make sense either. You didn't want me to add that. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, I'm just paying bills, knowing you wasn't tithing. That didn't right. add up. Right. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. <laughs> right. Never mind, God. Do you. Just, right. you know. <laughs> 
I'm good. I'm good. Because I don't really want to go through all of it. I just, never mind. I just had a moment. You know, that's what Job said. You know what? You know what? You are God. That's my bad. <laughs> that's my bad. Because it's, it's never going to make sense. But in the end, the, the goodness of God and the grace of God always outweighs whatever right. we feel like, you know, are those confusing moments. And so, yeah, that's really good. Any final thoughts? We're going to do a couple of questions and then get the um, people out. What you just described was literally like um, me and my husband's lives, like maybe like nine years ago, almost 10. We were in Florida. We're from Florida. We moved here after my mom convinced us to. It took her forever to, but we moved here and she got sick. Mm. And we were newlyweds. We hadn't even been married a year yet. And we were young and we had two small babies. We packed up, I think, like our clothes and this big old TV for his video game. And we drove down here in a Chevy Impala. Come on. And made it in nine hours. Well, we were Ooh. getting it from Florida. Yeah. Thank God for no tickets. Yes, thank him for them traveling mercies. And when we got here, I was, I mean, this thing happened like overnight. We, me and her were wrestling or play fighting or something on a Monday. And she was being transported to Baylor like that Friday. And they said, if you would have waited a week, you would be dead. And so the tension that I felt when you just said, you're like, wait, this don't add up. I'm like, right. at, at some point during that, that process, I have a new job. I was in training at a new job. I, you know you can't miss work when you start a new job. Right. I'm looking at them like my mom's sick. They looking like, are you coming or not? I yeah. mean, it was just bad. But I mean, I, I look at the tension that I felt. I would have never signed up for that. I wouldn't have wished cancer on my worst enemy. And I was like, something is just, I don't know what I'm holding on to. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to, I don't know how to describe it. You get called crazy. Yeah. They looking at you like, you should be in a psych ward. And I'm like, I know, right. Right. I, I really should. Right. I mean, am I there? Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you, when your world starts crashing down around you. Yes, yeah. I mean, all my friends, they were begging God for a husband, and I had one, and I, at that time, I was like, look, I just need some space, okay? Right. And we newly Where's went, the so, receipt? Went, please, can I return this real quick? <laughs> um, it just... Wait, how like, long had y'all been married? We hadn't even been married a year yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was fresh, but then it was. Kind it was fresh, of but it wasn't on. like buyers when we fresh within yeah. the first 30 days. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't like, that mm, fresh. What did we do? Right, <laughs> yeah. right. I'm like, maybe something, but you mm. know, it, it all worked out. Yeah. And when, when you describe the taking one thing, then another, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I could take this, I could take this, but I'm going to see her now and she can't walk, yeah. she can't talk, she's a different color, mm. she won't, she's not anything. Like, yeah. she's wasting away. I remember mm. her hospital room saying, to her and God, why did you bring me here to die? How dare you bring me and my family here just to die? Mm. And God, you letting this happen. Mm. And I just left. That was probably one of the lowest moments in my life. And I went home and my husband was like, hey, and I was like, ah! I don't want to Went in the room, I was just, I was out. Was he but trying it, to be spiritual? Was he spiritual? Was he trying to be spiritual? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. oh never mind. No, when no spiritual conversations oh. happening. Okay, okay. <laughs> But, you know, when you talked about him bringing us out, that, mm -hmm. that was one of the things. And when, you, when Dawn said confusion, I thought about when you said that the enemy will stir up confusion where Ooh. God has already provided clarity. I knew better. I knew the next steps. I, I came up in that, and I was like, you know what? 
Once I identified this ain't nothing but the enemy, things started changing. But when you broke it down how you just explained it, that was my testimony like yeah. so many years Ooh, ago. That's a word, girl. And y'all and see, that's the thing. When when so much is happening, it seems like this is a blessing. I'm newly married, we're moving, relocating. You you have this sense of newness and okay, clearly God is in this. And then you what you're walking into is the thing you least expected. You're like, God, are you sure you, you moved me here for this? You, you uprooted my life so that I could come be in this kind of pain. Um, I think that is the moment where our faith is making some decisions. Are we going to stay in that, that the less mature place of saying, I'm going to disconnect from God because he's failing me? Or are we going to press through and actually see God himself bigger than the hospital room and the diagnosis but just to see God himself because that's where the clarity is the enemy is not in the sickness the enemy wasn't in the cancer the enemy was in the fact that he made you question who God was because of the sickness that's the enemy right so the enemy didn't give Eve rotten fruit the fruit was still good he made her question would God withhold a good thing from her and so it is when we when we have those moments, we have to recognize that the, the enemy is not in just in the business of making your life hard, because even if that happens, he has to have permission from God. The enemy's number, his one of his main goals is to make you question who God is. And if a hard life is all it takes for you to question God, then the enemy is winning. The enemy is winning. And that's where we see that clarity where, where God, if you've ever had that moment where it's like a spiritual fog is lifted and you start to see things and you're like, oh, I see this for what it is. You know what? Y'all tried to get me, but I, I see this for what it is. I, I'm experiencing some hard things. I didn't expect to be divorced. I didn't expect to experience this death. I didn't expect to be unemployed. I didn't expect to be moving back home with my parents or whatever is going on in your life. But you're like, that's a, that's a decoy. There, there's something behind this and the enemy wants me to focus on this very surface thing so I don't really see that God has good things for me even in the midst of very difficult situations do y'all know what kind of spiritual confusion has to be cast for a person to be surrounded by provision and abundance and only focus on the one thing they could not have. Now, we don't stand in judgment of Adam and Eve because we do it all the time. I'm so desperate to be married, I cannot appreciate that I'm blessed with good friendships. I'm so desperate to have this home or to have this next level of status that I really can't appreciate that God has continued to provide for me. Like, we, we start missing Oh, I mean, the, you could not count and measure the abundance in the garden. All you could do, all she could do, all Adam could do was focus on the one thing they couldn't have. And the enemy's like, I didn't even have to do nothing. I just had to distract you. I just had to stir up some questions for you. And so that's why, you know, finding the, that clarity in God and God alone, regardless of what's happening, is, is so life-changing. Because then life is going to keep happening. And you're like, but I've already, I already know what this is, y'all. That, that is the goal. Y'all know what I'm saying? That spiritual maturity is to be able to see through surface earthly things and say, what is the spiritual activity behind this? 
what is really happening. It is like when your kids come in, <laughs> my my kid comes in and my, my little, my youngest one, y'all, I've talked about her before because she's spicy. And I am learning that her spice, because she's young, it is one of her go-to responses. She just gets kind of snappy, you know? And again, you know, I'm trying to be evolved. And so sometimes I just look at her and I say, you know what Nana and Papa would have done to me if I just did what you did? <gasps> Nana and Papa, yes, I'm telling on them. They're not who you think they are. <laughs> I'm telling. But, but now I'm, I'm starting to see things and I really had to pray about it because you know, if you only have one tool in the tool belt, that, that, that's just not going to serve anybody well, especially in, in friendship or parenting, whatever the case may be. And as, I've, as I have prayed about it over the years, um, the Lord has really shown me just how she's wired, her temperament, her personality. She's very contrarian. She just, she don't have an agreeable spirit. She just is the, the kind of person that says, you know what, it's hot today. And the other person says, I mean, it's warm, but it's not hot. You know people like that. You yeah, are probably one of those, those people. people. Those are good yeah, people. This is Don. Don is contrarian. Yeah. So if I'm just like, you know, it's kind of cold in here. She's like, I mean, it's, it's cooler than normal, but it's not cold. Right. Like, those people don't even realize they naturally disagree. It's not bad, because you need those people. They're going to give you good ideas and sharpen you, blah, blah, blah. But why she's six, <laughs> I need a spirit of agreement to come over her. So... Sometimes I really am praying about it, and I'm going to tell you one of the things the Lord showed me about her even when she was four years old. He was saying, this is how she's wired. It's one of her default emotions. Some kids default to crying. Some kids default to running away. Some kids default to whatever. Hers is this kind of resilience, like I'm going to resist everything you're saying. Like she just wants to say no. And when, when the Lord started showing me that this is like her, one of her main tools, she's only a kid, so she only got two or three tools. As you mature, you get more tools. I started seeing through what it was. And I was like, you know what? This is not about me. She's not trying to calculate how to make me upset. This is how she knows to protect herself. You're trying to, she doesn't want to be controlled. She don't want to be told, you know, this whole thing. So I remember one day, yeah, I was like, um, I was about to come downstairs and I was like, Chloe, it's time for a bath. And I am one of those, I don't give you a lot of warnings, so that's me, it's, I'm abrupt. I'm like, shut that down, lights off, TV off, everybody's bath time. <laughs> and, uh, which, you know, hey. But uh, I remember, <laughs> I was coming down the stairs, and the Lord, I know it was the Lord, because I know my flesh didn't say it. He said, he said, just tell her, in five minutes, everything off, upstairs. And I said, why? I want it off now. <laughs> it's like, just do it. So I go down, y'all, and I'm like, hey, five minutes, then everything off upstairs. This girl said, yes, ma'am. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Honey, I was looking for a white cloud, white horse, the son of man coming back. I was like, what has, that is usually a, how you gonna answer? Did you answer me right? Like, it's all, she just said, and the Lord was like, see? You, you are fighting something that wasn't even the issue. She's a human being, and yes, you have the authority, but you can also love her well. Just give her a little warning. Gonna change the whole situation. Y'all, that would have been a whole 30 minutes of me trying to hold myself yes. together. And it was just an insight. And I say all that to say, as he's shown me how to parent, it's changed my relationships too. So sometimes a friend will send a text that seems hurtful, or they'll say something that seems unkind, or they didn't respond to something that you thought they should have responded to. And God is like, don't deal with what you see. 
you've got to learn how to deal with the unseen. If you're going to be a, a spiritual being, if you are made in my image, if you are a holder of my Holy Spirit, you cannot fight every battle that's in the physical. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That is not just about attack. That is about seeing beyond. When someone says something that might seem hurtful, it's not about you. Could it be that you caught them at a moment where they could not handle whatever it is you said, and God is saying, I need you to love them through it. They don't need to explain it to you. They don't owe you an apology. You don't have to withhold your love. You don't have to uninvite them. You don't have to give them a look. You don't have to walk by and not speak. You're looking at the wrong thing. See behind that. There's pain there. There's some brokenness there. There's some place where only with a spiritual perspective can you look beyond the surface, beyond the physical, and then do what God has asked you to do in that moment. If not, you're going to be so worried about protecting your pride and protecting yourself and making sure you never taken advantage of it. Make sure people treat you a certain way and how could you lie to me like you got and you never lie? And how could you do this and how could you do that? As opposed to God saying you are missing spiritual assignment because you're distracted by the surface activity. That's right. You're missing it. And so that whole clarity, it shows up not just in things that happen in our lives, but as we love well, Mm -hmm. love our friends well, love God well, live in a way that's pleasing to him. And so that tension, y'all, to be able to see what's happening on the surface, but respond to what's happening in the spirit, that that will shift. It really will. It will shift the way you interact with God and the way you live as a believer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure leave a comment, leave a review, share, subscribe, all the things, and we'll catch you next time.